What is good, everybody? Shawnee Sean here, and you're still searching for that gift for that special lady in music? Well, stop by our website at www.fretsisters.com and head to our merch store. We have tons of gifts, plus new ones for you to give to that special someone. Also, you can view our shop at our social media at Fret Sisters and on Instagram and Facebook. Jenny Jam here. You are now listening to Season 6 of Between Frets. Hey everybody, Jenny Jam here. Welcome to Between Frets, a space where female musicians meet and discuss all things music. So today we have the founders. Yay! We're doing our Fret Tea Talk today. And our subject is mental health. So this is a great issue. Um, it's it's pretty much like accepted right now, at least in my day, back in my day. Um, you know, it was seen as like confusing and and uh, maybe negative, but actually, it actually isn't. And we're happy that it's actually being embraced, and um, there's more education about mental health. So yeah, let's get started. Um, I know, um, Sean, you talked about um, hearing it a lot on podcasts and stuff, but we want to also relate this to musicians too. So, you know, in the entertainment field, there are a lot of people that, um, you know, are suffering from mental health and and um, been going to therapy and being vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to say this now and... <laughs> um, I'm actually going through it now. And um, I just started this journey like two months ago. But it happened since four months ago. I was going through a lot of things. It was like after I did my wedding gig or something like that. And until this week, I didn't haven't picked up my guitar in months. And I was figuring out what what the hell's going on? What the hell's wrong with me? Like I've been fighting depression for years since I was like 14. And now anxiety mixed in between. I think it's cause it's probably all the, you know, the stress on the business side in the music industry because it really did with all these numbers and everything. And, and because of those, everybody's now dealing with that with social media with followers and likes and views and all that stuff it put so much pressure on me and and I actually took a step back a little bit in music and just focusing more on myself and um and right now I'm slowly but in a very um good place um have a rabbit I've been on therapy for two months i and mostly because of that, I was also an emotional eater. I was in an eating disorder because of all that. And thank God I'm losing weight because of this journey. Thank the Lord. But um, but it's it's a it's a it's a long journey. It's a long progress. It's not just going to disappear. I mean, not overnight and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm still going through it, and I'm still learning how to deal with all these obstacles that. Is, you know, just coming at my face. 
Thanks for sharing that, Sean. Yeah, Sean. I got nothing to hide. I'm an open book. I might as well just be vulnerable now than than until yeah. I almost died or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's another thing too is to to be able to you know have that courage and and at least having the support. You know, it it helps other people. So other people that are going through something like this can listen to your story and how you're dealing with it, you know, and that's that's what's so great about like what we're dealing with, the time that we're living in now and, you know, being able to openly express our feelings in a truthful way, right? Yeah. Sure, sure. And that leads um, to piggyback on what Sean says, um, mental health or you know you need help shows up in many different ways people think you know you have to be broken down or be visibly depressed or sad every day and for some people they hide it with alcohol there are people who are alcoholics you never know there are people who are on drugs and like with Sean for me mine is food you know everyone has their thing some people with sex so you know they think they're fine they're coping but they have all these different ways of handling it so um people really need to find what their triggers are and what their comfort zones are their uh coping mechanisms are because you know say you might need a therapist or you might not you might just need to find maybe you do need a break from music for a while maybe that is your trigger maybe that is stressing you out so don't feel bad to say, okay, I may have to take a step away for a few months. You know, some people during COVID, uh, during the lockdown last year, found out that they found new hobbies that they liked, but that brought them joy. So don't ever be afraid or feel forced that you have to stay in something because people change and you grow and you out like Michelle Obama, so you're always becoming, you don't have to always be. So just know that you can always grow and change and move, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so. So, um, Sean, I wanted to ask you, just so you can let our listeners know, like, when did you realize, well, you knew that you had, you said it's been going on for several years, um, but when did you make that move when you finally decided, you know what, I'm going to take a break or I'm going to, you know, get in touch with a therapist? When, when, how was that feeling? Um, it was, it happened two months ago and I went to see my doctor for my follow-up appointment. And and when I was looking and got my weight checked and everything, sometimes my weight goes up, sometimes it go down. And I'm in like a freaking plateau. He figured out what was going on. And he said, oh, do you, you haven't been to counseling yet? I was like, oh, no. So it was kind of a wake up call for me not only the weight, but when he told me that you really need to go seek counseling and figure out what is holding you, all these feelings that making you have a, a weight plateau. So when, after I left my doctor, I was searching for therapists for my insurance. And he also suggested me being in OA, over Eaters Anonymous. And I didn't know it, that exist. I thought it was a, you know, jokes. But actually been to one meeting and so far it's just like dealing with those 12 steps with the alcoholism and everything. That's like the same process with that. But um, the only thing I had to do is changing my diet. And I'm just now going back journaling again 
and I'm crocheting again because my stress was all combined and all to that. But it happened like two months ago, and so far the pro the journey is it's a slow start, but I'm getting there. So that's great. And that's Did wonderful. That is. Did you feel any um, any way about getting a therapist, or, or when your doctor suggested you were like, okay, I'm going to do it? Well, I've been dodging off that bully from the past few visits from my doctor, and um. And you know me as mostly stereotypically as black women, we don't need therapy. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're like, we're already strong enough and trying to hide our feelings just to making sure everybody else is okay. Mm-hmm. And I think because of me as a mom, I was like, I don't want to see my kid, my kids see me in this predicament, like me crying or, or not being, you know, social but once I did the therapy and and even my boyfriend suggested that to me as well of being in the therapy because he doesn't even know what the hell was wrong with me that's big for a black man even bring that up yeah mm-hmm. yeah there has been uh, a stigma especially people of color for a long time that if you show any anxiety or depression or stress, it's negative. It's shown, it's looked at as you're a weak person, get yourself together. And you're pushed off to the side like you can't handle life and you just look down and it makes you feel worse. For me, for the last couple, for the last year, and I could I could say this to you ladies, I've gone through a lot of stress because I was overworking myself and I crashed and burned. I had about 50 students. I, I'm, a, I'm a guitar instructor and a guitarist in a few outfits. And that alone is a lot to perform and be prepared and, and gig even during COVID. But I had over 50 students from ages five to 93 teaching piano, teaching bass, teaching guitar, classical guitar, acoustic guitar, ukulele. And I burnt out. I couldn't even do anything at home. I couldn't go to the gym. And I just fizzled out. I felt so burnt out that what I had to do, I, what it is is I cannot, for myself, I can't address anything unless I identify it and recognize it. And when I realized, oh my goodness, everything was falling by the wayside, and I mean, I just couldn't keep it together. I felt like I was walking with two left shoes and stumbling no matter what, I just couldn't get it together. And I sat down with myself and I had a come to Jesus moment with my God and I prayed and I realized you're doing way too much. What I was doing, whatever my issue was at the time, if it was depression or anxiety, mainly anxiety, I was overworking myself to compensate for the anxiety, to feel better from the anxiety, keep working, keep working. And it wasn't about money, it was about stay busy, stay busy until you, until I crashed and burned. And I could not keep it together, I couldn't keep a schedule together, I didn't know if I was coming or going, uh, I was upset a lot, I was angry, until I said, you know what, Karen, Autumn, cut things out. Start drawing a line through people that are, are bad in your life. Too much work. So right now, I'm currently just starting uh, after uh, the week of Christmas. I'm just teaching remotely. 
I'm driving 100 miles a day to work. It was too much. The driving, the late nights, the teaching, and then gigging and traveling, it was just way too much. And I just, and for the last year, I just couldn't do it until, uh, and I spoke to my doctor and, uh, and, I, and I spoke to people in my family and my closest friends. And I even mentioned to you ladies last year, I just couldn't keep it together. I, I just broke down and I said, ladies, I can't even do to, to work with Fred sisters because of the turmoil I had created for myself because I didn't realize what was happening. If I'm suffering from anxiety, then okay, work more, work more, be better, do this, do that. And uh, it snowballed and I crashed and burned. Fortunately, um, I didn't end up in a hospital, but uh, I, I did finally start reaching out. I would mention it with tears to my closest family members. They'll say, you all right? You know, uh, I had lost weight actually and not intended to but it was because I was just work, work, I became a workaholic to compensate for how I was feeling. Maybe if I work more, if I play more, I'll feel better. And it does not work. And I did speak to my doctors. I did pray and I spoke to my close friends and I talked to you ladies briefly about, listen, ladies, I'm going through something. I didn't go through too much detail. There was other personal things going on in my life, but it's like you're trying to juggle eight balls and you can't catch all of them. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just starting to get better. And um, it's, I, I became aware, I'm like, what is going on? I had headaches, I had insomnia. I wasn't even going to sleep, but I was going back to work, working eight, nine hours, coming back, practicing and not sleeping, which is just awful. Then my diet was, I was eating one meal a day, maybe, not even staying hydrated. So that was just, I was just, you know, just really just imploding. And then I realized, you know what, you're getting sick. You're, you're, you have headaches, you're not sleeping. You can't keep up with all your appointments. You, you know, you're teaching, it's nonstop. And then you start feeling resentful and of yourself, you're angry. The anger turned inward to myself. And I said, okay, I have to sit down. And I prayed and I prayed and I said, I have to speak to someone. So again, the best thing for me and others, if you trust your closest friends or your family member or your significant other, your, if you have a place of worship, go speak to, to your pastor, definitely speak to your, your, your doctors and get help uh, right away before you end up in the hospital or end up in jail or lose everything you have. So uh, yeah, I, I had that. And right now, uh, because I'm here in South Carolina, between South Carolina and New York, I was gonna go back to New York and I went there and I said, you know, this is me gonna make it better. I'm here in South Carolina and now um, as of uh, Christmas, I'm starting my, uh, to, to relocate to this, the great state of California. And uh, I'm gonna be back in school. Oh, by the way, I was in school too at Berkeley. So school, work, family, and I'm, I'm, I just couldn't keep up. And I just, everything just dropped on the floor. And I just sat down and I, and I have my pets. They became ill. It's just, it was just never ending. And I felt like I could not even walk a straight line. And I realized it's myself, it's me. And uh, it takes a while to identify the issue. You think it's, 
other things. Oh, I'm working too hard. Or, oh, this person's doing this. Or, or you know, too much school, too much. No, I, you create. Sometimes you create your, your situation and you, your choices. Then again, if there's something internal, we have to identify it. And don't be ashamed, but reach out to your loved ones. Again, your pastor, your your, your medical providers, your doctor, and who you trust. Because a lot of times we don't, tr you know, we like, I don't know if I should say this to my job, they may fire me. I don't want to say this to my doctor, he may put me on medication. I may not say this to my loved one, they may leave me. So there's a fear too. And that's, it, you know, that's something that is, especially with uh, African-American and uh, people of color that they've been shunned. If you, you know, if you were something was wrong with you, you will look down, you're a failure. You're awful. You're stupid. You can't keep it together, and then you push to the side. That that's that's indicative of a lot of families, even today. But today, I can also say that it's more accepted to come out and say I have an issue, and I have a problem. I need help. And so the the celebrities and the sports athletes, they're coming out and they're saying, Hey, I need help. And and it's not like, Oh, you. Oh, you're you're a waste. You're a failure. It's like it's embraced, and that's what we need now is more love and acceptance because it it does happen to us all. It can, and and what happens also add some stress to it, and there you go, boom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that's it. Yeah, I mean, just like everything that you pointed out is so on point. What even you know, I mean, even a little bit of what I'm going through, but. Mm -hmm. um, even the athletes, the thing mm -hmm. about when the athletes came out, you know, you realize, oh my gosh, even like the number one icon out there, the legends out there, they have mm -hmm. issues. Sure. And they're really like they're before you, they probably had issues back then, but never sure. showed it, you know? And so they were dealing with those issues and even like considering suicide and everything. Mm -hmm. But now they're coming out and saying it and you're like, oh my gosh, they right. are dealing with the same things I'm dealing with, you know, that kind of thing, you know? And so it's opened a whole bunch of doors to like people to be able to educate, you know, mm -hmm. and say, yeah, this isn't bad. I mean, exactly what you said, you know, um, people of color, women of color, you know, mm -hmm. are seen as strong and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you don't want to see your, your mother, you know, you have children, you don't want them to see your pain. That's just exactly like mine. And I learned that from my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom went through hell with my dad and a divorce and beatings and everything, but I would never see her cry. So she was always strong and I never knew what happened with her life even after the divorce when we were she took she had to take us because my dad didn't want us she had to take us down to to DC from Jersey and I never saw any pain in her eyes but we were like I mean I could say I was a problem child and I'm thinking damn I was such a pain to my mom and she was dealing with four kids four four children you know what I mean and having to take two, three jobs to try to support us. And, you know, she never showed it at all. And so I always thought like, yeah, I'm gonna be strong as a rock. Like, I won't let my kids see me cry. I won't let my kids, you know, see me, you know, upset. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's tough, man, but. 
but you know i like that you know we're talking about this and we're kind of you know letting or you know being vulnerable right that's the point of it when you look on social media especially for the women you see everyone has the great lighting the great clothes they're doing the killer riffs they have so many followers like shorn said and maybe struggling that day you may be struggling with a song you get on there and you're just totally that just adds to the pressure and like you say like so many celebrities like shore mentioned you know tamar braxton has under construction Taraz b henson has something on um facebook a mental mental health uh podcast or series and I, as much negatives as there are or stress or triggers on social media sometimes you have to search out the good on social media because everyone you know there are transparent people saying hey you know this is all smoke and mirrors i have stuff going on too and that may lift you for that day to know okay hey i'm not the only one out here because sometimes you do feel like you're alone on an island you know with uh the um musicians you know and social media i think that social media kind of hurt us a lot um you know because and i think it created more anxiety you know especially with like the pandemic happening to us last year you know it it kind of created more like people did start shining i guess through social media during the pandemic at least i've seen that like with some of some of the people that i knew personally and followed like all of a sudden they're like you know 100k followers now you know whatever they're doing and whatever um but that's still you know it's like and then you got those people that are just like you know they have to live to get those likes get those follows get those comments you know and stuff like that um people trolling and everything. So social media doesn't help. So hopefully like maybe like don't look at it as like real life, you know. Take a break for goodness sakes. Yeah. <laughs> I do that like a few times a year. Just just tap out. Mhm. Those who really look after you or miss you, they'll DM you like, "Hey, okay?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You know what I wanted to ask about too was um coping skills because in my you know just like when i grew up and like how i grew up and um with my family because they're they're spanish and um you know again like the women they um they were seen as like um you know the women the men were more like in charge i mean i kind of feel like it's like that and everything but in the culture that um, my family's from the men really took charge in the um the women were what's the word i can't even i can't remember it but were they more submissive Docile? submissive that's that's it submissive yes the the um women in in ecuador were more submissive where the man would like take charge but he would be um the the home provider the house beater the you know the beat the one that beats the wife and the one that cheats on the wife and has mistresses. I mean that's like the culture. It's probably still happening like that. I don't know. Um shout out to Ecuador though. I love you. <laughs> but but um but you know seeing seeing that growing up and then having to like go through, you know, my um depression time, my thing, but I never even growing up like for some reason I was able to cope with it, but there were times, not that I had suicide thoughts, but there were times where I was like I don't want to live. I wish I could not wake up anymore. Those times, you know, when I went through my divorce, but I never thought I'm going to take my life, but I did always think I wish I can go to sleep and never wake up, like that kind of thing. Just so I want to deal with 
you know, all that pressure. But, you know, I know that currently, like even when I look at my kids and stuff, like sometimes they had issues, they go to therapists and they're very open about it. And, um, you know, but they had coping issues where I'm just like, you can, you know, don't think like that. Like, think like this, you know, because I guess the way I cope, but how do you all feel about that? Like with coping skills and everything? Well, coping can be positive and negative. <laughs> you have yeah. to find the positive. Like for me, like the Sean said, mine is, mine is food. It's like emotional eater. That's not a mm. good thing. That's a coping thing. But during the pandemic, I actually found out how much journaling helps in actual drawing sketching that oh, yeah. helps relax so much and by the time like hey i didn't think about going to get a big mac all day like you know what i mean it's, it's, it's definitely you have to find what works for you and like what karen said some people like when she said she was trying to move back to new york that's st that stuck out with me she might be moving back and um she said i found out that wasn't it so mm -hmm. some people like you know they try to regress thinking that was better, but then when you were in that time, that wasn't the best either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think coping, you have to think, coping, I don't know if that's necessarily a good word, coping, you're just like, I'm just gonna deal with it. That's what that's what comes to my mind when I think about coping. Yeah, I think the way that I, I did it was, um, I would just work my, like keep working. Like in order for me to cope with any issues, of, as long as I don't have to think about it, then, I'm good. So I would always indulge myself in work or music. So exactly what I was saying, Jenny, when I was saying that I was overworked, I became a workaholic to cope with or to just not think about, well, do I have an issue? Let me work more. Maybe that'll be it. Coping style can be overeating or overworking or overexercising or doing something to not even deal with what's really going on. Some people can do drugs or drink. Whatever can mask it, that's what we do. We have to identify, wait a minute, am I working too much because I like it or I'm doing it because I'm hurting? Mm -hmm. and, and, and let me just, I wanna to touch about the social media. You look at social media and people show their brand new Mercedes or their big new house or they're going to go on tour and they got all this. And sometimes it can make you feel like, gee, during the lockdown, all I could do is just survive. And these people are doing so great when actually it's not really true. They're just showing you a, a shiny car or they may have a beautiful gig or they got it endorsed by a new uh, instrument. But if you keep you know, looking at that, you will start to feel less of yourself because oh, everybody else is doing well. What about me? Why can't I do that? So it's it's a lot of us compare ourselves to social media, which half the time is not even true. Mm -hmm. So we have um, about seven minutes left. Um, Sean, did you have anything you wanted to talk about or or maybe add to the coping subject? Uh, yeah, I think what um, Nicole was saying about coping is about another word for it is managing and i think when you're trying to manage the situation by yes eating you gotta have food they don't say anything they just like to put stuff in your mouth then most people sex addicts they want to sex it away which is not going to go away <laughs> but um yeah i think 
we got to use those things to hide it. But a lot of people don't want to know what was going on with us underneath these issues. But yes, when we go to see a therapist or a doctor, they actually know what the root of the issue or why are you eating so much? Why are you working so much? Why are you having sex a lot? Why are you drinking a lot? Why are you taking drugs? And based on what they see on the numbers from the blood work or weight or anything like that, they know these, these things. If you don't go see somebody or vent out these issues, everything that you have that is causing the problem, it is still gonna be buried deep and deep and deep. And it's gonna be much harder. It's gonna be much harder to get everything out and how to work on these root of the issues of why are you doing it so in my personal opinion if you don't talk it out or bend it out or anything that work on these root of those issues your your um the stuff that you're coping with is going to get much worse yeah great so this is great um i want to mention the fret sisters here we have Sean, Shawnee, Sean Marshall. We have LaCole Rose. And we have Autumn Rose. And I'm Jenny Jam. And, you know, um, we want to um, mention the uh, the podcasts that you were talking about, or like any resources that we can quickly mention. We I can put these in the show notes also. Um, I don't know if she had a new season of that yet, but uh, if you can, you can go check out uh, Tamar Bratson's Under Construction. That's kind of like a good um, one of the sources. Or if those that um, having emotional eaters to cope with, there is a thing called Overeaters Anonymous. They do virtual meetings, so make sure you um, look up with that. And also check your insurance see if your insurance covered therapist you, they do online therapy you don't have to leave the house or go to their office things are now virtual <laughs> so okay. that's kind of like one of the good sources there or talk to a close family uh, a family member that you're close with or a close friend or if you're married spouse they have the right to know things or mm-hmm. Or what Karen said about um, speaking to a pastor. Also, I'm going to mention, and for my closing is, if you're alone and you have no one to reach out to or you feel that you don't, you may want to end it all, please, please call the suicide hotline and speak to them at 1-800-273-8255 and just call and reach out and this may save your life. Yeah. For sure. So what I'm going to do is I'm also going to put our Instagrams on our show notes um, for everybody here. If anybody wants to message us or even our Fret Sisters, you can also email us or get on our DM at Fret Sisters, um, at Fret Sisters for Instagram and Facebook and Fret Sisters Music at gmail.com an email but i also have our personal emails you know if anybody wants to reach out to any of us um if anybody has a story to tell um you know we can get you on too you know have an episode sometimes people are lonely too 
and that can cause even if they don't have a pre-existing condition of anxiety, depression, or any kind of sadness, but being alone and being isolated, especially from the pandemic. And even now, let's people please reach out to someone, even reach out to Fred sisters. Yeah, reach out to us. Reach out to us. All right, so this is great. Thank you again, y'all, for taking the time for us to get together. I love it when we all get together. We need to do this more. Okay. Sure. <laughs> all right. From the Fret Sisters, we love you. And, um, and well, we're at the time with the holidays. So happy holidays. Hope you have a great new year, 2022. Um, yeah, we'll be back. That's right. Don't drink too much. Yeah, don't drink too much. Bye. <laughs> have fun. Peace and love, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to season six of Between Frets.